It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Our 2023 Miami Dolphins Prospect Spotlight Series continues with Maryland offensive tackle Jalen Duncan. Who he is, how he fits, and where the Dolphins would need to draft him to add him to the roster for 2023 and beyond. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Dolphins fans? It is Kyle Krabs of Locked on Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked on Network. Today is Thursday, April 6th, 2023, and we are continuing our 2023 Miami Dolphins Prospect Spotlight Series looking at Maryland offensive tackle Jalen Duncan. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. If you're not familiar with the show, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, about decade-long draft nick now, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You can find that and Locked On Dolphins on YouTube, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And we are doing our ninth offensive tackle now we haven't done shows on nine offensive tackles because there's a number that are just that's facts of life they're gonna be long gone by the time the dolphins come on the clock at 51 but we have done spotlights on matthew bergeron of syracuse and anton harrison of oklahoma and darnell wright of tennessee and blake freeland of byu all of those previous shows have already happened. If you're interested, you can go back and catch them to get the deep dive in the Spotlight Series. We have Jalen Duncan and Anthony Steen left. We'll do them both today. And then tomorrow, we're going to recap offensive tackle and start a new position group going into the weekend. But as I watch Jalen Duncan, uh, this is an interesting one for me because I am foiling what my summer opinions were of Jalen Duncan and trying to reconcile uh, the prospect that he is versus the prospect that I thought he could be. So let's talk about Jalen Duncan, and let's start with the obvious of who he is before we talk about how he fits. Duncan is a senior bowl participant from the uh, 2023 iteration of the game. He is a six foot five and three quarters inch, 306 pound offensive tackle with 33 inch arms. He ran a 5.1 second 40 yard dash in Indianapolis, the NFL combine with a 1.78 second 10 yard split. Those numbers, respectively, are 79th and 54th percentile of all offensive tackles since the year 2000. He jumped 31 and a half inches in the vertical and jumped 113 inches in the standing broad jump. Those numbers are 86th percentile and 92nd percentile, respectively, amongst all offensive tackles to come through the NFL Combine since 2000. It's a good athlete. Uh, I think that that's one thing about Duncan that becomes quite apparent uh, very quickly is the natural athleticism 
leaps off the screen. You see the movement skills. You see the power uh, at first contact. You see the ability to pull and wrap and run power concepts or climb to the second level. There's a lot to like here with Jalen Duncan. Biographically, uh, he was a four-star recruit out of the state of Maryland. Uh, He was ranked by ESPN as the 45th overall best recruit in the country. His recruiting class, who's a 2017 Under Armour All-American, received offers from schools like Florida, LSU, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Tennessee, in addition to his attendance at Maryland. He redshirted his true freshman season in 2018. 19, 20, 21, and 22, he was a starter at left tackle. Now, he did go to the Senior Bowl, and he illustrated an ability to play on both sides of the line, so there is some swing tackle slash right tackle flexibility and forecast, and I thought Duncan really showcased himself quite well in that environment to play right tackle at the Senior Bowl. Appeared to be some ambidextrous right-hand stance, left-hand stance, ability to play on both sides. His muscle memory and, and movement skills were clean on both sides, So I was not, um, I didn't see anything that told me that this was an individual position specific player. And I know some others in the space, uh, I know I mentioned Lance Zerline yesterday, I have a great deal of respect for Lance and and the job that he does for NFL.com, and I've met Lance a number of times, his dad was an offensive line coach, dude knows what he's talking about. His profile has Jalen Duncan potentially as a forecast inside to guard. I can see with the movement skills and the fact that he has 33-inch arms, which is 13th percentile for all offensive tackles to come through the NFL Combine since the year 2000, there are some bullet points uh, in the assessment of Jalen Duncan that might nudge you that way. Uh, I do think this is a player who could probably get away with playing any of the four spots aside of center on the offensive line. And again, with the ability in the offense that they ran at Maryland with Coach Loxley, and you've seen the ability to pull. You've seen the ability to get out in front in the screen game and block in space or get up on the second level while simultaneously also executing the primary responsibilities in the box as an A-level defender on the line of scrimmage at the point of attack. Pretty diverse showings on film. So as you might be hearing us kind of paint the picture of who Jalen Duncan is, you get pretty excited here. There's a lot to like, and there's no question. And I think that's the thing that I struggle with with Jalen Duncan the most is I know how much I love Jalen Duncan in July and August, where I thought I watched him block Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo, and I thought this was a player who had the physical talent to be the top offensive tackle in the class. He is not. And the lack of growth and development is the area that gives me the most pause with Jalen Duncan. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that next on the show as we talk about what his fit would be within the Dolphins system. But before we do, I'll tell you about our friends over FanDuel. NBL playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in free bets back if your first bet does not win how is that for peace of mind with your first bet on FanDuel so download the FanDuel Sportsbook app 
safe, secure, super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three scores and everything in between. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance of bigger payouts with same-game parlays. So don't miss your chance to sign up for a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As we get ready to talk about who Jalen Duncan is, consider this your invitation to join us on the subtext community, 305-419-3924. You could text DOLPHINS. Sign up to talk one-on-one with me and get some behind-the-scenes looks at some of the the materials that we have. That is Dolphins to 305-419-3924. Get your first two weeks free. Find out if it's for you. Uh, But you talk with me on a one-on-one basis, on a daily basis. I have my draft profiles up, my my, uh, player prospect big board uh, that has all of the players at all of the positions that we are grading, the ones that we're doing the shows on versus the ones we're not doing the shows on. So you kind of get this punch list and prep list for the draft. And then we also have our five-year salary cap outlook as well. Uh, so some great resources there for part of the subtext community for your consideration. But uh, Jalen Duncan himself in a vacuum, who he is. I think the thing that rubbed me the most was whoever lands Jalen Duncan in the draft. I think the number one prerogative that that team has is you got to figure out how to light a fire under this guy's rear end. There's, there is a certain demeanor about playing the offensive line positions at a high level. And I don't know that I consistently saw that with Jalen Duncan, where there's opportunities to look for additional work in pass protection if I am left uncovered. And yes, if his tight end, and the 18... Tight end number 18 for Maryland who just transferred to Bama. Holy cow. Put a gold star next to that kid's name because I don't want that dude on the Dolphins next year. He's not eligible for 2023, but for 2025 or for the 2024 draft, that dude can play. And they left him on Zach Harrison in some one-on-one situations in the Ohio State game. And in those instances, yeah, Jalen Duncan would go help pick up Zach Harrison. But... There's instances where it's not Zach Harrison against the tight end, and we are too content within the play. There's plays where we're on the backside of a run concept, we work our initial cutoff, and the run pops out the other side, and he's three steps away from a linebacker that he could have worked up the climb to to prevent cutoff, or to, to provide cutoff, and then that player goes and makes the tackle. So... His initial effort and his natural athleticism are outstanding. But the down-to-down consistency in the urgency and the intensity in which he plays was something that popped to me that I didn't know that I got the warm and fuzzies on. 
Another thing that, that I struggled with with Jalen Duncan was I felt this was a player who made the same mistakes in 2023 as he did in 2022. And when you're doing, or in 2022 as he did in 2021, not a math guy. But when you're doing player evaluation, right, and you're scouting in advance, so when you're doing scouting of players in the summertime for the for nine months later, you always kind of have to have that leap of faith, and you find a lot of excitement in players who you see, look, the foundation here is tremendous. He's got to clean some stuff up. And for Jalen, I didn't think he necessarily cleaned up uh, some of the outstanding issues particularly in pass protection. I think he's a better run blocker than he is pass protector right now. And he's got really light feet. I think that's the frustrating thing. You watch him in his angular sets and, and setting against wide-angled rushers where you need to take that 45-degree set to, to meet that pass rusher off the edge. And his ability to get out there is easy. It looks easy. But then the point of first contact comes and he looks like he really likes to try to clamp with his hands and he'll get himself into trouble there because he, when he goes to clamp, the intensity of, of him trying to clamp with both hands and, and kind of trap that defender chest to chest is if they reduce their surface area, he misses the punch. And when he misses the punch, then by the time he tries to recover... He hasn't offset, he hasn't consistently offset that upfield push by that pass rusher. Uh, he struggled a lot against Ohio State with power rushers and speed, speed to power conversions. As far as Zach Harrison, the last two plays of the game, Maryland offensively, when it was a one-score game, they're in the final minute and they're backed up inside their own 10-yard line and Duncan gives up sacks on consecutive plays to Zach Harrison where there was just no effective stun of the upfield rush because we simply just tried to trap with the hands, clamp, sit down, and anchor. Well, the first one was a speed-to-power conversion in which Talia Tungavaloa kind of stepped up into the pocket and into the lap of Harrison, who sacked him through uh, Jalen Duncan's frame. And the other one was a speed rush off the outside in which he kind of showed power and then converted, but there was no effort to stun. And when he missed his first punch, then it was a very soft angle for him to, con for Zach Harrison to continue to work his way around. That's been kind of the deal with Duncan as a starting tackle is the, the pass protection elements of his game has been considered an, an area of improvement. Um, I, I think you could certainly see and forecast this player with his foundation in the right environment growing into becoming a highly impactful starting tackle in the NFL. But with the technical lapses that he has, it's not a guarantee that that development is going to take place. I think this is a high-variance outcome draft projection, and I think it's a high-variance outcome player on a snap-by-snap -snap basis until there is more consistency in the fundamentals of offsetting pass rushers, particularly those who can strain you with speed and get you on an island, and then on that third step kind of decide, I'm going to 
power th- convert to power and push through him, crash back down across his face, in which case he needs to strengthen his, his inside leg, his post leg, and make sure that you're cutting off that avenue when you're not on even levels with your guard. Or if they go around the outside, that you have more variance and consistency and accuracy with your hands to offset that initial push. So all of that pieces together for a player who's highly athletic, it's a three-year pedigree of starting in the Big Ten, 39 career starts at left tackle. You feel like he has positional versatility. The athleticism uh, is probably, if you took his speed elements and his lower body explosiveness elements, he didn't run shuttles at the combine, uh, he's like a 70th percentile athlete. He doesn't have ideal length, but he passes NFL thresholds. He'll pass NFL thresholds as far as offensive tackle arm length for all 32 teams at, at 33 inches. You know, some teams it's 33, some teams it's 32 and a half, but it, it, he's long enough to play offensive tackle. The question is where, how much confidence do you have to get this player in your system and develop him into the player he is capable of being? And I'm not capable of answering that question. The only people who are, are the decision makers for all 32 teams. So we'll talk about what that outlook looks like from a draft perspective here as we close up this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There have been ample tackles who have been drafted on potential. One that comes to mind is Austin Jackson. And I hate to invoke the name Austin Jackson, but if I'm being honest, I scouted Austin Jackson across 32 team profiles. I, I did not scout him specifically for the Dolphins. I, I watched him with the Dolphins in mind, but when I, as a member of at the time Draft Network, gave him a player valuation grade, it was across all 32 teams. That was my 93rd ranked player in the draft. I gave him a third round grade. He goes 18 overall. We know what the story's been. It's the troubles of drafting for need. That's why I wish, ideally, we would get one more body on this offensive line because I don't think Dan Feeney is enough to where you felt like you weren't boxed into a corner. And if the Dolphins don't add anyone and they don't draft an offensive lineman, I'm not going to push the panic button there either because there's opportunities for trades and there's post-June 1 cuts. And I would appreciate the discipline even if it would mean another opportunity went in which my anxiety that the lack of offensive linemen that were added is amplified, if that makes sense. I would rather you not overdraft a player and draft for need, i.e. Austin Jackson, and find another avenue to address the position than for you to overdraft and draft for need. And I think that's my worry with Jalen Duncan. As I watch Jalen Duncan... I think there's a, this guy should be on the board of 51. 
but I'm here to tell you there's a 0% chance this is the best player available at 51. Especially for the Dolphins. Especially when you compare him, and we just did this with Durham Smythe, right? We did this with Durham Smythe yesterday. We graded Durham Smythe through the same scale and lexicon, albeit grading him on an NFL uh, curve versus grading the other guys on college curves with projection to the NFL. I graded Durham Smythe on the same things that I graded all the tight ends on, and he came in as tight end 9 out of 12 tight ends. You put Jalen Duncan on the board against what you have in Austin Jackson, it ain't going to be that different in my mind. Now, there comes a point in the draft where the opportunity to add a player like this is too good to pass up on because of the potential and the gifts and the, the uncoachables, right? It's like Blake Freeland. Blake Freeland is a 95th percentile athlete. He's more athletic than Jalen Duncan. He's probably a better scheme fit or for, as a true scheme fit perspective for the running rushing system that BYU implemented. And he's longer than Jalen Duncan. But he fits in the same boat where it's like, I'm not sure this player is an apparent upgrade in year one. Now, if you just want to add competition, great. But I ain't drafting a guy to potentially compete and be the swing tackle at 51. That's not, I have bigger aspirations for that pick. I think there's a compelling case to be made at 84. That positional value plus the tools of the player might be worth swinging the bat on if he makes it there. I think about like Nicholas Petit Freer went in the, the third round of the Titans last year. Some comparable elements of his game and the inconsistencies of it versus the pluses in the run game and Petit Freire was pretty good as a rookie for the Titans playing right tackle. The challenge for the Dolphins, and it's the same thing that we talked about with Blake Freeland, is from a player development standpoint, if you want to draft toolsy guys, you better have somebody in here who's been preaching the same system and the same message for years. And the Dolphins have a new offensive line coach every year. So I don't have great confidence in their ability to draft and develop a, a talent like this and get the kind of returns and dividends that you would want and expect given the, the expectations of the team. Which is not an easy place to find yourself in. If I hold Jalen Duncan up against the tackles that we've graded, Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones, both from Ohio State, Peter Skaronsky and Broderick Jones, Northwestern and Georgia, those are the four tackles that we have not spotlighted to this point. We have an expectation those players will not be on the board for the Dolphins in any capacity. They'll be gone before even Miami hits the ceiling of their trade-up opportunities. But then you have Darnell Wright, Tennessee. Anton Harrison, Oklahoma. Matthew Bergeron, Syracuse. Blake Freeland, BYU. All of those players on this 100-point scale that I'm applying to offensive tackles across the 10 traits of Pass protection, lateral mobility, gravitational pull, football IQ, power at the point of attack, balance, blocking in space, anchor ability, versatility, and hand technique. All of them graded out as an 80 or higher. Jalen Duncan checked in at a 76.67. Blake Freeland is the 80 on the nose. He was the previous floor. And if I compare Blake Freeland to Jalen Duncan... And these are the two tackles that I think are highly likely to be on the board at 51 for the Dolphins. Out of all the tackles we've done. 
I gave them an even grade for their inconsistencies in pass protection. I gave them even grades for their lateral mobility. I think that is a strong strength of both players. I gave Freeland an edge and gravitational pull. He's longer. It shows. I gave him a higher football IQ. I think he has developed and continued to trend in the right direction where I'm worried about Duncan being stagnant with the questions that he has across now two seasons consecutively. Freeland has more dynamic power at the point of attack. He's longer. He creates first contact more consistently. He doesn't have that lack of intensity question that I have with Jalen Duncan. I do think Jalen Duncan has better balance. I think he's more of a free mover. I think he's a more proportionate athlete. I think his center of gravity is much more consistent. I gave them equal grades for their ability to block in space. Duncan is smoother. Freeland is longer, has a a larger gravitational pull. Uh, I gave Freeland a significantly better grade in his anchor ability. Uh, Duncan, again, really struggled with some of those speed-to-power elements where Freeland struggled strictly with speed elements. Versatility, I think Duncan is a more versatile player. Ability to play both sides on tackle, but also I don't think Blake Freeland is built by in any capacity to kick inside and play at guard. I think Duncan has the frame and stature and, and the length that there's some teams that actually might prefer him there. And I gave them equal grades for hand technique for inconsistencies with leverage and strike timing and hand placement and punch timing, all that kind of stuff. So if you're keeping score at home, that's one, two, three. Not a math guy. Ten traits. Freeland's better in four. Duncan's better in two. And they get the same grade in the other four. And that's how you end up with an 80 overall versus a 76.67 grade for Jalen Duncan, which puts him ninth of nine tackles available for the Dolphins. But of the ones that I would consider to be even remotely possible of being targets for Miami based on draft forecast and valuation and and predictiveness. Bergeron is the top guy. I think you've got a decent chance at Bergeron being on the board, decent chance of Anton Harrison being on the board, Freeland and Duncan. And then we'll talk about Anthony Steen, the tackle from Alabama, who's actually a guard. We'll talk about him. Uh, to close this series out, and then we'll do a positional recap just like we did with tight ends, and then we're on to the next group. So we got a lot of stuff to look forward to here on Locked on Dolphins. Make sure you plan accordingly. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I appreciate you guys checking out the show. Fins up. Keep it locked in. Enjoy the rest of your mornings. We'll be back this afternoon to talk about Anthony Steen. Looking forward to it. Talk to you soon. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.